You're listening to Through the Fire Podcast, where we talk about trauma, transparency, and triumph. Has a life-altering event left you confused, broken, and bruised? Guess what? You're not alone, and this is not the end. Join us as we discuss experiences with traumatic and tragic seasons, what we're learning, how we're overcoming, and how you can too. We're your hosts, Montez Dove and Cedricia Thomas, and we're talking beauty for ashes, y'all. Me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end. That's what I found out. And it ain't no need to cry. I took a vow that from now on, I'm going to be my own best friend. I'm sure those lyrics sound very familiar to some of us because it's a song by Beyonce. And today, what we're going to be talking about is, in fact, me, myself, and I. So we're going to be touching on things like the relationship with yourself, loneliness, and isolation seasons. And so one of the articles that I have here is entitled Loneliness, Causes and Health Consequences by someone named Kendra Cherry. And in one part of the article, it actually touches on the fact that statistics suggest that loneliness is becoming increasingly prevalent, particularly in younger generations. It says, according to one 2019 survey, 25% of adults between the ages of 18 and 27 reported having no close friends, while 22% reported having no friends at all. It even says that the rise of the internet and ironically social media are partially to blame because, of course, social media has cultivated actually a lot of relationships where we hear things like hopping in the DM. So I like that the article actually says partially to blame. And so I'm really curious to see what those numbers would actually be now because, again, that was a 2019 survey. But I've been observing. Yeah, it does seem to be more prevalent in maybe the younger generations. But I've also been noticing what authors and speakers are coming out with. And it just so happens that a lot of this content, recent content, is on relationships and loneliness. And so, for instance, Darius Daniels has recently come out with a book, Relational Intelligence. And then Jenny Allen has actually just come out with a book called Find Your People. There have been a lot of recent sermons on loneliness and things like that. A lot of this stuff revealed to me that many people are feeling lonely. And I know for my personal experience these last two and a half years, I've had just some extremely lonely feelings. And it's trauma and life challenges can bring about those intense feelings of loneliness, especially when you feel like no one around you is going through that exact same thing. So a good thing to do would be, of course, connecting with others. And I've talked about how I found a support group and that has helped me. But it can also be just chatting with people around you because somebody is going to always have something going on. It may not be your struggle, but you all can still chat with each other about your struggles. And there's still some benefits that can come from there, even if their struggle is not yours. Actually speaking up and letting people know how you feel, reminding yourself that you are not alone, that somebody has gone through something similar before, is going through something similar now, is going to be going through something similar in the future. So trauma can cause us to isolate. What I really want to touch on is the difference between this idea of hiding ourselves and being hidden. And I spoke on that in an earlier session where I think it was Ladessa Brown who talked about there is a difference between hiding and there is a difference between being hidden. And so I feel like there are times in our lives where God may be calling us to a season of isolation for different reasons. A lot of those reasons could be to establish greater relationship with him, with ourselves, 
to establish greater self-awareness, to heal, to disconnect from maybe toxic or unhealthy relationships, to mature, to prepare. But then there can also be seasons where we hide ourselves, a trauma response where we hide ourselves, which can also be known as self-preservation, where we're hiding ourselves because we don't want any more harm or abuse to be caused. We must know the difference between the two. So a lot of times we'll hear things like me, myself, and I, or I can do this all by myself. I don't need anyone. I'm misindependent. And a lot of those things are trauma responses. And, you know, we talked about trauma responses before. And so you could probably find each one of those four trauma responses where things like this fit in. A lot of times it could be flight. For some people, it could be freeze. And so it's very important that we understand ways to kind of navigate through this because the reality of the situation is we need people. We need community. And although the relationship with ourselves is literally the most important relationship after God, for me, in my opinion, we also need community and we need people. And so it's very important to realize that. So maybe if we're having feelings of loneliness, it could be our trauma. It could be our challenging seasons. But then it could also be the fact that maybe our relationships and connections aren't deep. So we've heard this before, that you can be surrounded by people and still feel alone. Loneliness has nothing to do with not having people around you. So we've touched on that as well. This article really differentiates between loneliness and solitude. And I like that because I don't want anybody to hear that we're saying that being alone is bad. It's not bad. Being alone is not the same thing as being lonely, this article says. It says, in fact, solitude actually has a number of important mental health benefits, including allowing people to better focus and recharge. So this article defines loneliness as being marked by feelings of isolation despite wanting social connections. It is often perceived as an involuntary separation, rejection, or abandonment by other people. You know, this could be caused by tons of different variables. My variable happened to be a health condition, chronic condition. Other people's can be physical isolation, moving to a new location, a divorce, so many other things, losing a loved one, this article says, whereas solitude can be defined, on the other hand, as voluntary. It says people who enjoy spending time by themselves continue to maintain positive social relationships that they can return to when they crave connection. They still spend time with others, but these interactions are balanced with periods of time alone. So again, solitude and loneliness are not the same thing. So I think it's important that we know the difference between the two. It says research suggests that the experience of actual face-to-face contact with friends helps boost people's sense of well-being. So I'm sure a lot of people were affected in the early months of the pandemic when a lot of people had to quarantine or social distance, you know. Like it says, research suggests that the experience of actual face-to-face contact with friends helps to boost those feelings there that people can have. And some ways to counteract those feelings will be to consider community service or another activity that you enjoy. The article says to also expect the best. It says lonely people often expect rejection. So instead, try focusing on positive thoughts and attitudes in your social relationships. That made me think of that cognitive distortion that we talked about, catastrophizing, thinking the worst. Another thing you could do is focus on developing quality relationships. So we've heard the phrase, it's not necessarily quantity, it's the quality. Recognize that loneliness is a sign, right? It's a sign that something needs to change. Understand the effects of loneliness on your life. There are physical and mental repercussions. 
it does affect your health. It does affect your mental state. You can join a group or start your own, it says. You can strengthen your current relationships and or you can talk to someone you trust. And as we always say, we always are advocates for therapy. You just got to find your right fit. And so, Ms. Moni, talk to us a little bit about loneliness or the relationship with yourself or maybe isolation seasons. Talk to us a little bit about that. I've experienced lonely seasons for quite some time. Um, I've never really been a person who had a lot of connections on a grand scale. Mm -hmm. So I can really identify kind of with being kind of a loner or being lonely. I've never really fit in so well or fit into my family. Going through school and different things like that, I never really fit into a whole group of people. And even sometimes I've even experienced on my job, I've just been kind of like a loner on my job as well to a certain degree. So I can definitely relate with being alone, but I wasn't necessarily lonely, but I can definitely relate to it. I know that some of the things in our culture today are causing degrees of loneliness, for sure, social media. And that seems like it's working so backwards or it's so contradictory because you can have, what, a million friends? Yep. But not one intimate friend. With social media, a lot of times we're trading off real, true, live, genuine connections for something that may not even be real. Because trust me, just because you got some friends on there, we know that these people, a whole lot of them aren't really our friends. So it's just kind of like an illusion, really. I can understand me, myself, and I, and just being isolated. And like you were saying earlier, it also comes another season when God may be isolating you. There does come a time sometimes that he sets you apart and you can feel like, you know, I'm trying to hang out. I'm trying to relate to people. I'm trying to have fun here, but I'm just not connecting. I'm just not grooving with this. So sometimes there's a greater thing going on and you're actually being set apart. You might be saying, why would God do that? Why would God set me apart? He wants to set you apart because he wants to use you. Sometimes God sets us apart because he wants us to be a light and he doesn't want us to necessarily blend in, but to stand out. And he just wants us to make a difference or be a difference. So loneliness has different angles on it and it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. There's some great substance that can come out of being alone because sometimes it causes you to cultivate your relationship with God on a greater level, just hanging out and spending time with him and being alone. Like I say, it's a lot of angles to it, but. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we're coming up to our Beauty for Ashes segment for this month. And remember that our Beauty for Ashes segment is all about listening to people's stories who have had some sort of challenges where they've gone from maybe a challenge to a success. In other words, from trauma to triumph, which is a part of our subtitle. And so I want to read a few of these out here to you all. It's a compilation of a few famous people, and you'll be surprised to hear their journeys. So it says here that Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four years old and did not read until he was seven. His parents thought he was subnormal, and one of his teachers described him as mentally slow, unsociable, and adrift forever in foolish dreams. He was expelled from school and was refused admittance to the Zurich Polytechnic School, 
He did eventually learn to speak and read, even to do a little math. When Bell Telephone was struggling to get started, its owners offered all their rights to Western Union for $100,000. The offer was disdainfully rejected with the pronouncement, what use could this company make of an electrical toy? Colonel Sanders had the construction of a new road put him out of business. He went to over a thousand places trying to sell his chicken recipe before he found a buyer interested in his 11 herbs and spices. Seven years later, at the age of 75, Colonel Sanders sold his fried chicken company for a finger-licking $15 million. Michael Jordan and Bob Cousy, hope I'm saying his name right, were each cut from their high school basketball teams. Jordan once observed, I failed over and over again in my life. That is why I succeed. Walt Disney was fired by a newspaper editor because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. He went bankrupt several times before he built Disneyland. In fact, the proposed park was rejected by the city of Anaheim on the grounds that it would only attract riffraff. The movie Star Wars was rejected by every movie studio in Hollywood before 20th Century Fox finally produced it. It went on to be one of the largest grossing movies in film history. In 1954, Jim Denny, manager of the Grand Ole Opry, fired Elvis Presley after one performance. He told Presley, you ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck. 27 publishers rejected Dr. Seuss's first book, To Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Oprah was fired from her first TV job and told she was unsuitable for television. Just ponder the following. What if Bloomsbury, the then small and very new publisher that eventually took on Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone after just about every other British publisher rejected it hadn't existed? Many success stories of famous people have only occurred through great persistence. After many setbacks and failures, If you never fail, you'll never succeed. So we want to remind you that we're overcoming. And you can too. Thank you for joining us this week on Through the Fire podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Through the Fire podcast. You can also connect with Montez at The Poetic INSP and on Facebook as Montez Dove. You can connect with Cedricia on Instagram and Facebook at Cedricia Thomas. Be sure to subscribe to the show to catch new episodes every Thursday and leave us a comment or review. Thank you for listening and see you next week.